Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of Gamer Heroes. I am Derek, one of your hosts, and I have my returning host with me, John. John, you want to say hi? How's it going and welcome back. That's good it. To, uh, good to talk with you, good to see you. I don't see you, we, we don't have webcams, but... You know what, uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you guys are still here. <laughs> well, so who's the other guy? So we actually have a slight change in the roster. Um, unfortunately, David's not able to, to join us anymore. He's got some family obligations and family comes first. So we have brought on an uh, old, old, old friend of mine, um, Zach. So, Zach, you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, so for the uh, for those who don't know, Zach and I did a short seven episode podcast series like a year and a half ago, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we've done a little bit of this before. But Zach's decided that uh, he likes video games. So just just yesterday, right? Just yeah. yesterday. <laughs> I've got a lot of catching up to do. What are these video game things? Um, so yeah, so Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your video game history, what you're into, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, um, the, I mean, I played some Nintendo, Super Nintendo at friends' houses, but the first console that I ever owned in my family was the, the PS1. Played a lot of Crash Bandicoot on the PS1 and PS2 and all of that. Um, had an original Game Boy, uh, that uh, got quite a quite a bit of use out of as well. Um, I played a lot of video games in college. Uh, and, I mean, I'm an adult now. Not that I wasn't an adult in college. No, I guess, you but... never really grow up. Quit lying. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Growing up is a lie, and, and it's a trap. Um, <laughs> but with with kids and adult responsibilities, my my time for gaming is uh, different than it was before. But yeah, no, I still I still game. So uh, yeah, here I am. So what? Um, so people know that I'm kind of the Nintendo guy. I'm a nut for Nintendo, but uh, and John's kind of the PS4 guy. What do you have at home that you play on, you know, regularly? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I play a lot on my 3DS. Uh, really excited for the Switch. Like I think all of us are. Um, I play a lot on my 3DS because when I'm hanging out with my kids and they want to watch the same mindless, awful cartoons over and over again, uh, I can play on my uh, 3DS. Uh, so, yeah, I, mean, I play Pokemon. I like the turn-based RPGs. Uh, I do, I guess, the consoles in my home. I have my 3DS and I have my Xbox One, uh, which it kind of gets used more for Netflix and Pandora lately. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I use it to play games an awful lot. I am um, kind of borderline obsessed with the Bioshock franchise. Uh, I, I like Ken Levine an awful lot, and, and the Bioshock games are... A uh, personal favorite of mine, as well as the Half Life games. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, completely different <laughs> oh, genre, but, but yeah, yeah. So we have a bit of a running joke because oh, John beat me to it. <laughs> John, John built a top of the line, top of the line, high end gaming machine, and just really wants to stretch the graphics on Half Life Two. Oh, so. yeah, it's a gorgeous game. <laughs> See, thank you. But it's right? a ten year old game, it man. It holds it's, up. It holds it up. It does. It really does it's hold not, up. It's not a quality issue. It's it's more of just uh I don't think Half Life Two is gonna push your machine. That's all I meant. You know? <laughs> I mean, if it's a really old machine, it might push it. <laughs> push it till it's death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did release some sort of I mean it was like a 
it was barely DLC, but they released like a, a little mini episode a number of years ago for Half-Life 2. Maybe John remembers what it was called. But it was really just to kind of showcase the graphic capabilities that they had, that uh, Valve had, had been working on. And, and the water, the big selling point was the water looked really, really real. At least for the mm. time. This was at least, I don't know, at least eight years ago. Water's tough to do. So, it I mean, I, I remember, you know, when it was being talked about, you know, 4K gaming and HDR gaming, mm-hmm. the scenery was the big showcase. It was showing forests and oceans and, you know, the detail that way. Um, leaves, leaves, man. It's no longer yeah. just blobs or flat trees. It's three-dimensional yeah. trees. But, yeah, with let, let, dude, I want to segue. Let's segue into mobile gaming. I'm sorry. We can talk about leaves all day. <laughs> <laughs> we, can talk about, we can talk about leaves all day. All right, so we let's talk about the... gaming leaves all day and lose all of our listeners. <laughs> uh, yes, so we're going to jump into the news portion, mobile gaming. What's going on, guys? Zach, come on, let's get your feet wet. Let's uh, let's pop that cherry. <laughs> I mean, there, there's some Pokemon Go news, and I know that you play Pokemon Go, so... I, I do, I do. Uh kind of half-assed play it, but uh, yeah, I should play it. Um, yeah, I mean, I am excited about the Pokemon Go. I mean, it, it's been nice to catch new Pokemon. Like, the new Pokemon have been rarer and rarer. Uh, I mean, I I didn't catch all the originals by any means, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun. Uh, it's interesting. I'm only, what am I, I'm level like 22, uh, but having new Pokemon show up in my neighborhood is, is pretty fun. Seeing some new evolutions, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good time. Yeah, I mean, the Gen 2 has really gotten me back into it. Um, before Gen 2, my Pokédex was at, I think, 105, and um, I'm almost to 140 now after Gen 2 came out. So Nice, nice. Um, you know, it's exciting again, and we have an event coming up. So Pokémon yeah, Day. Pokémon Day is, of course, the anniversary for Pokémon. Last year was uh, the big 20th anniversary, so they had monthly stuff. But uh, this time, starting on the 26th, which I guess is Sunday, and going through uh, March 6th, is the Pikachu party for Pokemon's 21st birthday. And so you can get, you can catch a Pikachu with a party hat, which I know is something we all have desperately wanted. I, I didn't know that I wanted it this badly, but, but now I, I, just, <laughs> I have to have it. You know, I don't think it's as cool as the Santa Pikachu, personally. It's true. I still have my but, Santa Pikachu. I mean, it's yeah. worthless, but but I've got it. Pikachu's, <laughs> al- Pikachu's already a pain in the ass to try to catch for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I still don't have enough to get a Raichu, um, right? so I'm still trying to find some. I got a few during that, during the, the Christmas event, because they were pushing that, I was able to get some, but still right. not enough. Well, and you used to be able to get them at the uh, the Nelson Atkins lawn, but the last few times that I've gone, uh, there there weren't any. So, yeah. So for those who are listening who may not know us personally, we are in uh, Kansas City, and that's our art museum. So we are Midwestern folk, I suppose. It's so in classy. a desolate in a desolate desert of no of no Pikachu's. Okay. <laughs> no, no Pikachu's. If, if you're listening and you have Pikachu's, please send them. We are <laughs> we, we, we'll do UPS. We'll do we'll do all of that. <laughs> no, that's that's the um, actually speaking of that, me and Derek we we kind of talk about this all the time. Zach is I think lots of missed opportunities in Pokemon Go and trading. Why can't we trade? I know it's on the slate, but it's just like right. talking about oh. trading Pikachu's. Why can't we do it? I mean, yeah, trading is such a staple of. That just the Pokemon franchise in general, uh, trading with your friends on the game, trading the cards. I, I never played the card game, but I mean, a lot of people I, I knew grew up with like were trading cards all the time. Like, like that was a big deal, and and yeah, it's a missed opportunity. That and I feel like uh, we're missing out on the uh, the battling. Like, I mean, yeah, we've got the gym battles, but I would rather like if I'm hanging out at Derek's house, I just I want to pull out Pokemon Go and battle him and see what's going on. Right. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Those are two massive features. Yeah, and there, there's no social aspect at all. We have gamer tags and we have avatars that we can now pay to customize, but who sees them? Right, just us. We we, we don't interact with their avatars. I mean, my brother lives in Washington, and on Pokemon Sun and Moon earlier this week, like we were battling each other, and that was cool through the internet. But like, I, I feel like Pokemon Go should be able to implement that pretty easily. 
And I, I totally agree. Being able to see where other players are might be a cool feature to turn on. Um, but even little stuff, when they added the buddy system, the fact that you can't see your buddy walking with you on the map is another right. missed opportunity. Right. That, bug, that, that made me sad, yeah. I, you know. I think the buddy thing was really cool. It's just, like Definitely you said, there was just some opportunities that, that they could have done a little better. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Thinking for the future. The, this whole the Pokemon Go in general, like there was a lot of hype beforehand. I was really excited for it, and I had a lot of fun in that like first couple months that it came out. You know, when it wasn't crashing and uh, when Pokemon weren't mysteriously vanishing. But um, but yeah, like I, I really I feel like that that the whole this whole game has been kind of rushed and, and and probably didn't get as much love and pre development as it should have. Yeah, Nintendo went, and I know that you know this is owned by the Pokemon Company and Niantic. I understand Nintendo only gets a little bit of it, but Nintendo really did a 180 and went from we do not support mobile gaming to being all in. I mean, they now have um, three games, four actually, if you count Pokemon Duel, four mobile games that came out in the last seven months, um, and then they have even more on the slate coming. So Super uh, Mario Run, and then what's the fourth one? Uh, Dragon Quest. Or is it Dragon Quest or is it Fire Emblem? Fire Emblem. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, that's some cool stuff. Um, So it's interesting that they've made that switch, but it's almost like they made that switch too quickly. Maybe it was their way of trying to make up some revenue before the switch comes out, but, you know. Um, But there are two other mobile games coming out that I do want to touch on, and... Um, the first one is uh, Futurama Worlds of Tomorrow. So for those who news, know or, or not, uh, yeah, right, good news. Um, there's already a, a Futurama game out there. It's just it's not that great. It's one of those like Candy Crush style games. Yeah, we um, about it. This is totally different, though. This has the original creators on board. Uh, Matt Groening is, is on board. The writers and the original voice cast, for the most part, are on board with this game with brand new stories. Um, so you can actually pre-register right now by either on Google play, you can pre-register on Google play if you're Android, or if you're not, um, you can go to, you will play futurama.com and pre-register. Oh, I uh, so you'll get a notification. <laughs> I, I already did that. I, yeah, I cannot wait. Um, Futurama is hands down one of my favorite shows of all time. Every time it's gotten canceled, which is like six times, uh, it <laughs> makes me sad. So I'm. But it comes I'm back. And it's it does. It always comes back. <laughs> you yeah, can't I, kill it. I'm I'm excited for the new stories, particularly. You know, I feel like there's still so much more to know about the characters. Like, I I think I I love the way they ended it. It was beautiful, but I still Which want time? more Fry and Leela. It's all we get. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm curious to see when it takes place. You know, um, yeah. if it's you know right after the finale where the you know the clock resets and they're together, you know, or what have you. But uh, yeah, so that's cool. Um, and then another franchise that's uh, not coming back from the dead because it's quite popular anyway is Power Rangers Legacy Wars. So I don't know anybody. Anybody want to talk about that one? Yeah, yeah, I'll dive into it. Um... The one thing that, that really kind of drew me in is it looks like a pretty intuitive fighter. Um, it, it actually looks pretty fun. There's some power-ups in there. They're, I mean, like you said, they're kind of revamping. They're bringing Power Rangers back, but they're they're also putting in... Um, I don't know if you guys ever played those Marvel Wars games or, or Marvel Heroes games on uh, mobile. A little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, they they're fun to a certain extent. But I, I think this is Power Rangers is probably the one that makes the most sense <laughs> for that type of game. So um, I, I think it looks cool. It's do you know what the price tag they put on it yet, or is it free? No, I assume it's free to play. Um, I mean, everything these days but, is free to play, or, or rather, free to start. And then if you want the real game, or if you want more add-ons, you got to pay. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, they, they didn't really announce it. All they really told us is that, uh, it's going to include all of the Pokemon, uh, Pokemon, all of the Power <laughs> Ranger generations, uh, which is really cool. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the classics, uh, and, uh, it's also going to include the new movie characters as well. So, which may or may not be a good thing. I mean, based on like 
reactions to the trailers and the merchandise. There's a lot of hatred on that movie already. I don't know why. Yeah, it I, remains I to be I personally seen. like it. I mean, I personally like it, but, I mean, haters gonna hate, and <laughs> I just want to see Power Rangers, so I don't really care. It looks more adult, and they actually explained why they can why they can uh, do amazing things, why they have powers. So right. I, I, I think that's a little bit better. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, it uh, comes out in March, so only a few weeks away. Um, so that's it for mobile, I think, right, guys? Yep. Um, yep. So let's let's do – there's something real quick about Microsoft I want to point out because it's Halo news, and I love Halo, and you don't get a lot of Halo news. So 343 Industries, who has been developing Halo uh, since Bungie – uh, left the property, and so that really started with Halo 4. Um, 343 Industries has announced that from now on, any core Halo games will bring back the split screen functionality for local Finally. co-op and, and local multiplayer. So, God. I, I hate mean, that they do that, that they even got rid of it. <laughs> I mean, they weren't the first ones to do it. They were probably the last ones to do it. Uh, there really aren't any split screen games left that I can think of. Right, right. Um, but, but but Halo split screen was kind of a staple of, of that genre for a long time. Like, and I can't imagine that from a development standpoint that it takes that much effort to add that as a feature. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you there. I mean, if if GoldenEye, re, uh, you know, re reinvented the first person shooter, Halo did it again, um, and you know, the LAN parties back in the day were something that I I really miss. Yep. Yep. Um, right. And when they, you know, when they took away the, the local co-op was really frustrating because what was the reason? You know, that, and there were some explanations about hardware being able to produce the 1080p and the frame rate all at the same and time. power as well. You know, but... Time. Yeah. Well, but I don't... To, to Zach's point, I'm not sure how much development work it takes to allow split screen since games have been doing that for 20 plus years. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, right. You know, and we should actually do a whole podcast on uh, an episode just on the the dying breed of co op, local co op. But um, the big the game that I've been playing, Zach, have you played Uncharted? No, I have not. I'm familiar Dude, with the franchise, okay. but I've not played. You're it. missing out. Number one, I, that's, but, what, um, that's what I hear. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're the whole time, just like in Last of Us, the whole time you're with somebody, you're with people. So it doesn't make sense why you wouldn't have a co-op. So Uncharted th- Uncharted 3 kind of played with that idea, and they were like, well, we'll do local co-op, but as long as it's kind of online, so you could play local co-op online. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. Which everyone had been asking the same questions. If you're with a character, you're drawn to a character, you depend on a character the entire game, why the hell wouldn't you just make it split screen. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, I think what we're, what we're seeing here is also like a change in a change in technology and a change in uh, like a sociology and like the way we, we play games. And, and for us, like, I mean, the three of us, we grew up in a generation where like, like if you wanted to play a game, you went over to your friend's house right. and you grabbed a second controller and, and you played there. Um, like, we we were of the we're of the generation that when we were kids like like having this online option wasn't it, it was a wild fantasy at that point and then technology changed very rapidly uh, and and so now we're looking at a world where like I mean I can I mean heck we're having this podcast from three different locations right now uh, we could be playing a game from three different locations right now like one of us could be across the planet and and it wouldn't make a difference um, but there's something communal and fun about you know being in someone's home or their college dorm room and playing some Smash Brothers or, or some Mario Kart or whatever the case may be and, and getting to actually interact with them like next to you but also you know playing the game together too like I mean what, what we had as kids was like digital board games and what we have now is a much more uh, I mean it, it's great that it brings people together from across the, the planet right but but it's also a bit more isolating in the sense that I mean you could be I mean you could be playing with your next door neighbor, and and you don't actually interact with them, and so you are still uh, very isolated. 
Well, and, and to your point, Zach, the two games that you mentioned were Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, and those are Nintendo yep. titles. Yep. And the Switch is trying to bring back that social aspect by having, you know, uh, supporting up to eight Switch uh, WAN parties. That's so yeah, cool. I love that. I'm so, so stoked. Yeah. And I mean that's that's great. It's you know I, I understand that we're not going to use LAN today because nobody wants to plug an Ethernet cable into their Switch tablet, um, but. <laughs> You know, because that's kind of silly. But, you know, we'll be able to, if we're on the same network, connect eight Switches to each other and play Mario Kart and play, um, you know, ARMS, for example, uh, or Splatoon, which will be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I think so, that's a game. Think, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go no, ahead. you're good. I, I, I think Nintendo's trying to bring that back. That's all. Yeah. For sure. No, that, I was I was just going to chime in on that. Like, um, Nintendo is revamping it. And I think that's... That's a bold and a very good move because a lot of games are dropping the the split screen and some of them are dropping online capabilities altogether like Prey. And basically they're saying we're focusing on the single campaign experience and I, I respect that, but I also think it's a missed opportunity in, of revenue that you know could, could potentially come to you as a game developer. Um, like, for instance, there was a time a point in time where I was only purchasing games because I wanted to play with my friends, you know? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) losing that, that part, (laughs) sorry, go ahead, Zach. Oh no, you're fine. Like I I was, I was agreeing with you because like, I mean, gaming, like Derek and I have been talking about the switch for the last couple weeks and and we've been talking about Splatoon and, and if I was just a dude who didn't know anybody else who was getting the switch, I would say, fuck it. I'm not getting the Splatoon. Like I, I don't care about, playing some paintball first person or like third right. whatever person shooter but like Derek's like yeah like I'm gonna try this demo out and like yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it out too and like but like knowing actual people in real life who are gonna buy this game most likely and play it like yeah of course I'm gonna buy it like like they're, they're gonna make I mean if they market it correctly they can make money off this community aspect like I'm not one who's gonna go out and buy um Overwatch or or you know Team Fortress 2 back in the day, unless I know some people who are like, hey, like, we're going to be playing this game, like, buy it and you can play with us. Like, cool. Like, that's a really easy way to, for me to spend money mm-hmm. without thinking about it. Definitely. No, that's that's 100%. Like, I, I'm totally with you. Like, Splatoon to me looks silly, but oh, yeah. it could be so much fun with four people. Be, be with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is worth noting that Splatoon is the number two selling game on the Wii U. Oh, shut um, up! He says that yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, it, like it, you know, take it with a grain of salt because there's only you know thirteen point like four million uh, Wii U's that were sold, but uh, it's number two to Mario Kart Eight, and uh, it's 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 important. You know, it's a it's a unique shooter. It is a kid friendly shooter that's not all about blood and gore and guts. It's about you know map control and teamwork and things like that so which is cool it's really cool i i I, the teamwork aspect is great too because i i mean i was a big left for dead guy again i love valve um and i love the first one and the second one i mean i had some problems with but but all in all i loved what they were going for with that teamwork aspect and again like i didn't just go out and buy left for dead because i wanted to play it like i knew people who were playing it and i wanted to interact with them and that was an important part of the community yeah I think that's a great reason to to get involved in something like that. Um, You know, I play Overwatch more when I know friends who are online playing. Um, And I'm hoping that the Switch brings some of that stuff back. All three of us are getting the Switch uh, in the launch window. We all pre-ordered it. So, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll be playing stuff together. Except Target. Reminding me when it's coming out, but but, but I am excited for it. You're still getting it. I mean, John, you're still going to get it, you know, in that first week. Okay, but it's not launch day. <laughs> it's not launch day. You, you can come over and play mine. That's true. Um, we'll play some. We'll play some fast. We'll play some fast RMX or Red Out or whatever they're calling it. Um, Thanks to the Joy Cons, you can we can go over to Derek's house. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, bring yours. <laughs> right. Bring, yeah. bring your Joy Cons. <laughs> Um, let's let's talk switch for a minute because as we're getting we are as so this this comes out on Friday and we are one week away from the launch of the switch. Ah, that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) 
and we're still learning new stuff like every single day. I mean, I, we have this list here of facts about the switch, new information. Um, I mean, for, for example, you know, it's, it's been confirmed that Zelda, if you have the physical cartridge does not require an install. Now that's nice. Yeah. I, I had guessed that because it's a cartridge, not a disc, but how great is it that you can pop that in and you don't have to install it and you can just play the game. I mean, that's what I'm going to be doing as soon as I get it. I mean, I love that because now I, I buy a game for the PS4 or the Xbox and I got to wait an hour for it to install and download day one updates. And, you know, by the time I get ready to play it, my time's up. And I got to go do something else. To be so, fair, you buy games months before you have the time to play them. So if you just install them as soon as you buy them, you're ready to go six months from now. <laughs> At the, at the rate he goes, yes, that's a really good point, Zach. <laughs> Look, man, I I uh, I beat I think I've beat four games in 2017 so far. So well, that's I pretty mean, good. You're, you're, you're you're one up. You're one up on me. I mean, I started Pokemon uh, Moon back when it came out. Like I went midnight release, and and I just now beat the Elite Four last night. So I mean, I, I'm I'm a hypocrite to, to give you shit because. <laughs> well, I mean, the games I've beat are fairly old games. I mean, I beat Gears of War, like the original Gears of War, and <laughs> um, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. That was one. Um, you know, uh, Super Mario 3D Land for the 3DS. That was another one. So. I'm drawing a blank on what the fourth one is now. I've actually been uh, keeping a list. I, I think it was Tetris. You you beat the original Tetris. <laughs> I beat the original. Yeah, that's right. I, I found the kill screen to the original Tetris. <laughs> um, so, no, I guess maybe it was just the three. Everything else I have on my list was last year. But um, well, now you're inflating the numbers. I'm inflating. <laughs> that's true. I'm yeah. just kidding. I alternative facts. We play a multiplayer game, so we we do no... not support alternative facts. <laughs> On the Heroes Podcast Network. Um, if you also do, if you also do not support alternative facts, uh, check us out at heroespodcast.com. There's my plug. Um, <laughs> hey, guess what? We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> That's true. And Tumblr and Twitch and Patreon and you name it. Um, Murder everything. Your social media. I don't know what happens. We're we're, we're everywhere. Um, all right, so let, let's let's get through some of the stuff about the Switch real quick. Um, technically speaking, we now have confirmation from Nintendo France that Bluetooth uh, headsets or headphones are not going to be supported on the Switch, at least not initially. Um, how do you guys feel about that? I, I feel like, why did they let France handle that announcement? <laughs> Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, nothing against France. France is a great country, but I'm like, well, why? Why not? Why is Nintendo France handling that? Like, well, why? Why isn't it like their global company? Like, like uh, f the French can handle this this uh, annoying piece of news. They well, just want of... us to hate them. Like, you know what I mean? Where they're shifting the hate. Like, why do oh, we can't hate Japan? Guy. We can't hate America. We gotta hate France. Oh man, you're, I think you're right. <laughs> The well, I, I appreciate that France gave us a straight answer because until Nintendo France came out with this, we were under the assumption that it was going to be supported uh, based on some earlier reports. And so to finally have a straight no answer from an official Nintendo source is at least an answer. Um, right. They, they removed the cigarette from their mouth and said, hey, there will be no Bluetooth. Now, it's not really a big deal for me because... The only Bluetooth headphones I use are when I'm uh, like jogging or something like that. So if I'm gonna, if I have right. the Switch in, you know, it's mobile mode, uh, handheld mode, um, I would use headphones. And if I've got it on my TV, in TV mode, then I'm using my speakers. So um, right. not a huge hit, but I'm a little surprised. I yeah. the part that gets me is the it, the whole uh, it's not right now available. Like so. Are you saying you're going to build software that can handle it or it can handle it right now? You just didn't build the software for it? Like, that's what I'm kind of frustrates me. Well, I, I, it could probably be done with a firmware patch. I mean, look at, um, look at uh, Steam, for example. Sorry, I'm uh, losing my voice. Yeah, um, he's passionately really, really choked up over this blue. I know, I'm really, I know, he gets I'm really, really passionate. passionate. 
I just love Bluetooth. Um, <laughs> no, the uh, Steam Steam recently released support for the PS4 and the Xbox One controllers. You know, uh, that's something that wasn't around before. It wasn't around when those controllers initially came out. Um, you know, you figure those controllers are now what? Two and a half years old? Yeah. Um, it took a while, honestly. You know? So if Nintendo came out with this functionality in six months or a year, I mean, they could if, if they felt the need. I'm not sure it's necessary. Um, right. I just don't see there being a rush of people who have Bluetooth headphones being all mad about that. Right. I mean, because Bluetooth headphones have the extra hassle of, like, they run they run low on battery, you have to recharge them. Like, if I just plug in some earbuds while I'm using it in hands-free mode, or if I just use my TV speakers when it's plugged into the TV, like, Bluetooth is not a necessity in this case. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, we do have some new information about the Nintendo accounts. So this is kind of a big deal, and uh, you guys got to make sure you got this figured out. So we have our Nintendo Network IDs. Now there is a user ID that is associated with your Nintendo account, and that user ID is what the Switch is going to leverage. So you have to log in, go to accounts.nintendo.com, and edit your profile and add a user ID before your gamer tag is gone. It was a pain in the ass, might I add. Was it? I didn't think it was too bad. Dude, it was. Zach, didn't you have problems with it too? Uh, I'm actually doing it right now as Derek was explaining <laughs> this, because I saw the news the other day, and I'm like, I don't know what this means, and I, don't, I was doing something, and I'm like, I'll deal with it later, and then Derek brought it up, and I'm like, oh shit, I should probably do that, because uh, it's, it, it sounds like a hassle, and it sounds really complicated. I'm annoyed. It's, <laughs> it's very confusing, because you figure, alright, you've got your Nintendo Network ID, you've got your nickname that's associated with that. You have your friend code for your 3DS and the Wii U and the Wii. And now you have an, a, a user ID that will be on the Switch. So Nintendo has four different levels of account naming um, or IDs. And when you compare that to the one on Xbox, and that's all of Xbox, I've had the same gamer tag on Xbox right. since my, my original Xbox. Um, and PlayStation, uh, you know, PS Plus or whatever, or whatever, you know, I've got one there. Um, Steam, I have one. Blizzard, I have one. Um, so it's a little weird that Nintendo's, they're fi I, th I think this is their way of starting to consolidate. I think that um, we'll see the network ID go away. We'll see the nickname go away. And I think that the next major iteration of the uh, handhelds, whether that they're going to call it a DS or whatever, uh, will probably get rid of the friend code too. Yeah, you're probably right. But so for for our users at home, uh, <laughs> or, or rather for me right now, so you go to this accounts.nintendo.com and, and then what happens once you sign in? So you have to edit your profile, and on your profile page you'll see different information, including your nickname towards the top, and lower down there's a section for user ID, and you're oh, gonna have to add. Yep, yeah, there you go. So the part that's frustrating for me is every single time I try to put in my information. So I'm at my user info, right? Yeah. Okay. So below that user ID, I see. Okay. Never mind. I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what John, you get here on Gamer Heroes. Is intense, intense account setup action. Um, so, okay. Let's, um, as you guys finish that stuff up, I'll talk a little bit about the games for launch. Um, on the negative side of things... Officially, Binding of Isaac is not a launch day. It is March 17. Um, the physical version will come with a retro game manual and a reversible cover. If you're one of the first, I think I think it's thousand people to uh, to buy it. Um, but it's no longer a launch day uh, game. It's more of launch window. But that's being replaced with two more launch day games. Uh, the first is Fax Fast RMX. Uh, which may or may not be the same game as Red Out, I'm not sure. And it's basically an F-Zero style game. Uh, futuristic racer hover cars, which I'm really stoked about. I love racing games, especially sci-fi ones. Um, you know, I, my favorite racing game it probably dates back to Top Gear 3000 on the SNES. It was one oh, of the first yeah, games. Oh yeah, that's a good one. It was great. You could upgrade your car. You could buy, you know, shields and you could buy new engine parts and stuff like that. Um, 
It's so cutting edge. It's like, um, <laughs> you guys probably never played this. Most people didn't play this game, but there was a Hot Wheels racing game that was very similar to that. I loved it. I loved it. It was for N64 as well. I had a PC Hot Wheels game, but you like raced on like the actual plastic tracks and stuff. Right. Right. I don't and remember. I don't remember being able to upgrade. Uh, they gave you power ups. You would have to drive over them on on map. Oh, so, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so they were there, but you would have to get them. It was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it's very. It was very good. That's <laughs> so that that's so that's part of the appeal for you. Would you say you're feeling yeah. nostalgic? Well, I mean, I just I like science fiction and I love F Zero. Um, I actually competed in an F Zero tournament for the GameCube version of the game. Um, and so I just, I like that kind of stuff. And so fast RMX is basically a spiritual successor of F zero. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that for sure. Uh, um, yeah, it didn't look good. The other one is shovel Knight, and no, it's not just regular shovel Knight That's already out on various platforms today. This is new content. Um, there's shovel Knight. um, Torment, something Torment. Uh, I'm drawing a blank now, and it uh, is new campaign. It's it's a brand new expansion campaign, uh, new stuff to play. And then there's Treasure Trove, which includes everything. It includes all DLC, the original game, the new stuff, uh, all that cool stuff. And that's all day one. So you add those with Zelda Breath of the Wild, I Am Setsuna, One Two Switch, uh, Just Dance, Skylanders. Um, so there's there's some good stuff out there day one. Yeah, the the list is looking a lot more promising, and, and I'm not saying it wasn't before, but if you actually break down the numbers and analyze how many launch day titles, there's more than both P, uh, PlayStation and Xbox combined. Believe it or not, I heard that. yeah, they're just different titles. You know, they're not AAA titles, and that's fine. Um, like I said, we. I mean, I guess, would you not consider Zelda a really triple... I, I consider it quadruple-A title, because it's been so long. <laughs> for for some reason, Nintendo's first-party games, Zelda, Mario, Donkey Kong, you know, etc., haven't been put in that category as triple-A. Usually that's, you know, Grand Theft Auto, and Battlefield, and Call of Duty, and Halo, and Gears of War. Those are your, um, your triple-A titles. Titanfall. Um... And I'm not, I'm not sure that I truly understand how that's differentiated, but right. What, what classifies it? Uh, bigger budget. I mean, it, all everything you just mentioned were games that had huge, bu- huge budgets with huge developers behind them. Yeah, well, they're they're big, they're big fran- uh, big production companies like you know Rockstar Games, you know, or Ubisoft, or you know anybody. EA. Yeah. yeah, EA exactly. Um, but you know. I, I, I'm excited for the list. I think it's pretty solid. The one big disappointment is they have announced that the virtual console, which is different from the eShop, the eShop will be live, but the virtual console will not be available at launch. Very disappointing. Very. Yep. It's it's a real bummer. Um, I was certainly hoping that some of the older games would be available, that they would do something like with the Wii U where you got a discount for porting them over from your Wii to the Wii U. But, you know, right now there's there's no date, there's no expectations, there's just, there is a virtual console, but it's not out yet. So, I don't know, how, what do you guys think? Does that, do you think that will hurt the initial sales? Go ahead, Zach. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's really going to have that much of an effect on the initial sales. I think the hype, and, and especially with the focus being drawn towards, um, like, local co-op sort of stuff, um, I think a lot of people who are going to be buying this console are excited about the local co-op and they're excited about Zelda Breath of the Wild. And I think, I mean, my little brother who hasn't bought a new, hasn't bought a video game console ever, like he bought my old 360 from me when I bought the Xbox One, uh, and that was the extent of it. Um, he's buying um, the Switch and, and, and he's buying uh, Breath of the Wild with it. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. I mean... If a year from now they still don't have that virtual console up, I think that's going to hurt them. Uh, it's going to slow sales down an awful lot. But but in the in the initial burst, I don't think it's going to hurt them too much. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right. So what what else do we have going on, guys? 
Well, um, let's just segue into it. I wanted to talk a little bit, not a little bit, probably a lot about VR specifically. Okay. Um, as you know, people have people have been raving about it. It's been a it's been a thing that's been talked about quite often, and there are actually a few options that are out there. You've got um, the Vive, the HTC Vive, Vive, whatever you want to say, uh, PlayStation VR, the Oculus Rift, the Samsung VR, and then of course the Google Daydream. Um, a lot of them vary from price range and quality. Um, but I want to dive in specifically into PlayStation VR. Do you guys think that's that's the there's a good value there? Is it worth it? Is the technology there at the four hundred dollar price point? Well, um, I think that first off, you, you can't look at it necessarily at it being four hundred because um, it's the, it, it's one of the cheaper ones of of the four very top. I mean, we've got the HTC. HTC Vive, the Oculus Rift, and then the Samsung VR, which is considered one of the better ones. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, so Samsung VR and and, Day, and Google Daydream kind of have to be put in a separate category because they run off of phones, right? And you know, there's a certain expectation there. But PlayStation VR is the cheapest of the big three: the the uh, the Vive, the Rift, and and PlayStation. Um, it it's cheap if you own a PlayStation 4. If you don't own a PlayStation 4, then it's still an $800 price tag. You know, um, so if you want VR and um, you don't have a PS4, then it's a much harder question because the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift are dedicated VR products, whereas... Wow. Yeah. No, I was going to say, but they require a PC to run them that can handle that type of um, system. So it ends up turning that HTC Vive, which is seven ninety nine, into is it, is it really Vive? I, I thought it was Vive. Vive, Vive. I don't know. Tomato, tomato. But <laughs> you're turning something that's eight hundred dollars. Is it GIF? It is GIF. Okay, good. <laughs> On this podcast, it is GIF. Nope, it's just G-I-F. savages, goddammit. Well, you know what? Fuck you, I'm going to call it Vive. So, screw you. I'm, uh, not, I'm not familiar with the Vive. Who who makes that one? Uh, makes it. Yeah. Sounds like, you know, a Vizio or an Insignia product. Okay, fine. The, the Vive... <laughs> is eight hundred dollars, and you it need is. a PC to run that, so you're easily looking at two thousand dollars, easily. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, the The other side of that is, if you invest money into the PlayStation VR, yeah, half that money has to go toward a PlayStation. But guess what? You can also do with that PlayStation. You can play all their other games. So the real question comes down to how. Do you want that experience to be? Because the Vive and the Rift have more advanced technology available to make it a more immersive experience, whereas PlayStation VR really just uses the uh, the PlayStation's controllers. And that's the disappointing part about it is the it well it uses the um, you know when they kind of had their competition Wii thing. PlayStation did. Uh, they initially introduced it in the PlayStation 3, and I fell into the gimmicky, and I bought it. And uh, it's really cool, but it's very difficult to do on, on high-end games. So my point is, though, is they still are you, rely are you talking on the about camera. The, are, you, say, are you talking about the site thing that had the, the little remotes with the ball at the end that changed colors? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about those. Jeez. <laughs> I actually bought those, and... Um, the, the premiere game for that was the Killzone 4, and although it was it was fun, it was very, very difficult to play because it's a fast-paced game, first-person shooter, with those things. Very, very hard to do it. Um, and the camera wasn't always accurate. So what's upsetting to me is, not upsetting, I guess I should say, in, com in contrast, where I don't think the quality level is quite there yet, which is why the price tag is very consumer-friendly, for entry level VR, that is, 
is it's relying on this one single camera again. Um, whereas the HTC Vive um, has multiple camera uh, vantage points and the it's not relying on a color <laughs> for infrared to see your movement. You know what? That's what that that's what they initially did was right. They was it was watching the ball. Well, I mean, color. that's no. I I think you make a really good point, but it's important to keep in mind that the PlayStation VR is also just a lot easier to set up. I mean, anybody can plug in their PlayStation and and play PlayStation VR. The Vive requires a pretty sophisticated setup, a very specific room size, that kind of thing. But again, like you said, it's all about the the quality and the uh, experience that you really want to go for. What I what I will say though is the PlayStation, as being a Sony product and they're kind of a, a big company, they they can produce more games and better games. Like for for instance, they have the Batman VR, which is super cool. They're doing Battlefront. They have. Um, <clears throat> What's another big one? They, they've produced their own set of games that come with the PlayStation VR or, or are available for download on those. They've got, I mean, one of the it? big titles was the Star Trek Bridge Simulator, but that's yeah. been delayed a couple of times. That was one uh, of them. Um, but the, the Vive, on the other hand, leverages the Steam library, and so I think its library is probably larger. Oh, yeah, much more vast. I, I guess I just don't know how well those work, though, because those are adapted games, whereas these were produced and created for VR. It's a fair point. So, well, so what are the best VR games out there? Sorry, man, I didn't mean <laughs> to step on no. your toes there. No, you're good. Let's let's talk for a second about like just from our own personal perspectives, what to you guys, what do you want from VR? Get it, Zach, get it. Uh, big question. Um, and if the answer is nothing, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean I have minimal expectations for VR. Uh, I mean, when I think VR, I think of uh, playing the demo for uh, the Virtual Boy at the Blockbuster near my house when I was a kid. <laughs> so I'm easy to please. Uh, and, and even, like, all these commercials, these VR commercials for the, the Samsung thing, like, you see a lot of people, like, looking like they're having a good time, but, uh, I mean, that that's... You don't. I don't know what that experience is like, um, and I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I I love my 3ds, but I almost never turn the 3D feature on. So, I mean, virtual reality for me is. I mean, it sounds like a cool idea, and I respect the the F, the technology that goes into making that happen. But it's just it's not a thing that I care a great deal about personally. I'm gonna pick on you, Zach. Do it. Go so for it. You you obviously like Pokemon Go, so do you care more about augmented reality than you do VR? Uh no, not at all. In fact I've got the augmented reality feature off. Like it was cool for the first couple days, and then I realized like, oh, every time my phone moves, like I'm gonna like throw a Pokeball and miss. Right. Whereas yeah. With with just like the regular you know, standard features on there, like I mean, yeah, it's cool, like, oh, look, there's a Snorlax behind you. Like, that's cool. But then three days in, you're like, this is annoying. Well, that and I feel yeah, like... Yeah, and I, I'm kind of the same way. I've had... I, I never used the 3D on my 3DS, except the the first time I'm playing a game, I'll turn it on just to see what it looks like. Um, and then I'll shut it off almost immediately. And I, I do not use the AR on Pokemon Go at all. Um, but... So I think I'm kind of on the same page as Zach. My memories are absolutely Virtual Boy at Blockbuster with Mario Tennis in the red yes. lines and black background, um, you know, and that was that was it. That that was VR for me. And now it's it's better in some ways, obviously, because we have full color, beautiful HD graphics. Um, but some of these, like the the Samsung VR and the Google Daydream, don't even really have rem like controllers. They're just kind of there for you to look around, um, right? You know where, I, and that's kind of where I think the Vive is really going to to do well. Is it has all of this stuff that you can get for it. The same with the Oculus Rift. Um, the the Rift has these really cool things called they just call it touch. 
Um, and they're these little loop controllers that go over your thumb. And basically there's, um, you know, a button for your index finger as like a trigger and then little joysticks for your thumbs. And it allows you to manipulate objects in virtual reality. So like, you know, if you go to their website, they actually have like little examples of this stuff and they show like your VR hand is holding a cube. And as you twist your real hand holding the touch, it interacts with the um, the virtual reality one and your hand in VR moves. Um, that's virtual reality that's different for me. That's what really is going to get my attention is can I interact with that universe in a more natural way? Um, you know, they there's a company, I'm drawing a blank on who, who's working on these boots that you would wear so you can physically walk through VR to move rather than using like joysticks to make your 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 sprite walk or whatever right. Right. um that that's what i'm waiting for you know like the star trek holodeck program where i'm in this yes. reality yeah you know because all it really I'm seems sorry. like is that it's either nature scenery nature stuff which is pretty but not video games uh, or it's just some first person game that they have put closer to my face <laughs> it's exactly. the movement for me too. Um, <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with that point. It's the movement for me. Like, I feel like the Vive gives you a little more freedom because um, they do have multiple vantage points and sensors. So it, it is a, a whole 360 immersive. So if you were to walk around, it would pick up some of your movement like that. But yeah, I'm totally with you. Like at, at the point, at this point, still using a controller to move around is it's kind of taking me out of that experience you know um i see what's a what's in development and they've developed this uh vr treadmill type thing yeah and i think that would be optimal to be honest with you um because then at that point you're you're in a circular treadmill right and you can physically walk and move around in the in the game and and that to me would would make more sense so it, it's just so bottom line let me ask you guys this I know I'm switching it again but bottom line do you think VR is at a point where it's definitely not consumer friendly yet um, and that's what uh, HTC Vive has, has talked about at least Oculus Rift has mentioned bringing their price down here uh, within the next year or two to make it more consumer friendly and be competitive um, because they've reached the quality they feel is is up to par, but now they've need to make it more available uh, available for people. So, do you think it's do you think it's at at the point where this kind of cost is is worth it? Or, I mean, what what do you guys think about that? Is it gimmicky or not? I guess <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let Zach hit that one first. Is, is it what or not? What was your question? I said, uh, basically, do you think it's it's at the point where the quality is is meeting the price and it's not gimmicky? Right. No. I, I mean, I think I think it still is very gimmicky. I mean, even, like you look at 3D or or I look at 3D the same way, like in, in movies. Like there are some movies that utilize it well, and there are other movies that just throw stuff at your face because they can, uh, as opposed to immersing you in the, in the film. I think we're getting there. I think it's improving. Uh, I think the Samsung um, VR situation there, like I think it's it's more accessible and people are checking it out more, uh, and it's becoming more affordable for the uh, and worthwhile. But it's still not there yet, and and you've got a lot of people that are doing well with it, and people who are just kind of playing with the gimmick. Uh, I would like to see it doing more. Uh, I would like to see it being used in more practical uh, situations, like. Uh, teleconferences, like, uh, you know, from a professional standpoint, like, it'd be nice if you could enter a VR room and, like, interact with people on that front as opposed to just, like, having these awkward conversations where you kind of interrupt each other and talk over each other because you don't know what's going on. Um, I would like to see... Uh, yeah, yeah, I would like to see more more functionality. And I think right now it's like, oh, cool, like, there's a thing that we can do, but it's it's not yet being used to its full potential and it's not widely accepted enough to be um, 100% uh, affordable for for most audiences. Yeah, I would I would echo a lot of that. I think that to your point about the conference thing, there are some industries 
um, especially uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of like home improvement and supply chain companies are using augmented reality, uh, not virtual reality, augmented reality to better show customers and employees what things will look like a certain way or where things are located. Um, and I think the trick here is that VR came out first, right? VR was something that in the form that we understand came out in like 1960 and uh, Sega and Nintendo tried it in the early 90s, early mid 90s. Um, but augmented reality is the next is really the next logical step from a technical standpoint. You know, there was uh, Google Goggles was an app uh, that was a thing before Google Glasses were a thing. You know, the idea of being able to see hotspot locations, you know, what stores are nearby, what's their Yelp review, um, what's the temperature like, and, you know, did I just get a notification or a text message? What is it? Who is it? Does it matter? Um, that type of information is more consumer-friendly and professionally friendly because it's information we all want to have. Um, I love the idea of the Google Glasses having a heads-up display for uh, map routes. So if I was walking around a city I didn't know or or driving or something like that, rather than looking down at my dashboard at my map, um, I would be able to just look straight at the road and see where I was supposed to go. Um, I'd like to see that used more. Um, you know, aspects of the game. I feel like that's something Nintendo has really tried to do with the starting with the Wii by having motion controls, making it more AR rather than VR. I want to interact with my video games. I want to feel more a part of the adventure, a part of the story, and just putting the screen closer to my face or making it 3D. To to Zach's point about just you know throwing stuff at me. I mean. Uh, I think it's Monsters vs. Aliens is the movie, and like the opening scene, there's a giant hamburger, and a guy like, "Oh, let me get my hamburger," and reaches towards the screen to grab it. Like it's just so <laughs> gimmicky. Yeah. Um, but you have movies that do do it well, right? You know, you have uh, Tron Legacy that they're handling in 3D uh, was a pretty good example. The Harold um, and Kumar Very Christmas was amazing. Well, they were making fun of it on purpose, though. But it was so good, though. <laughs> I don't care. I still stand by it. it. But it's great because it's satire. And I think it, it really nailed it that things like 3D and VR are used more for gimmicks and to make money than they are to expand the experience. And I want to expand the experience. So bring me into the game. I want, I want that treadmill that you're talking about. I want holodecks. I want augmented reality. I want things that enhance the experience and don't just make the screen look bigger. I want my hoverboard. Oh, wait, different topic. <laughs> We're still waiting on those. Which they do exist. There is a magnetic skate park out there. Yes. But, I, I mean, that's yeah. not enough for me. I need to be able to go down the road. I want to go down Shawnee Mission with this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, John, you're, you're talking about price, and I think it's important because if you look at the Rift... If you want the Rift with the touch controls, which you really want, uh, that's $800 plus the computer. Right. Right. Um, you know, the Vive really isn't any cheaper, and it has various accessories as well that you can get. Um, the PlayStation gets a little bit cheaper because it's really uh, $800 with the console, so you don't need the computer. Um, and then you get to the really cheap headset stuff that requires a phone like Samsung VR and Google Daydream that come for free if you buy the right phone at the right time. So I think that right now it's either so cheap that it's nothing but gimmick, like those phone-supported ones, or it's more legitimate but not really ready yet and very expensive. That's exactly how I put it. I, how I, I would have put it is it's, we're not there. I just don't think we're there. And I'll um, give you an example is uh, Resident Evil 7. They produce a game which was designed specifically for VR, but <laughs> the the funny part was when people played the game without VR, it didn't hinder their experience whatsoever. So my point my point is, <laughs> if you design a game for VR but it's still enjoyable without VR, why do I need VR? <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Let me ask I, you guys I, I, this: um, since we talked about the we talked about the switch uh, utilizing the 
the hand controls, and they now have HD rumble, which is something I'm curious to, to test the limits on. How far off is the Switch from, from being VR? And will they utilize it right? I mean, think can you think about good VR on the go like that? Utilizing real rumble technology anywhere? Think about that. I I don't expect to see it for the Switch, mainly because of the hardware. Um the Switch is, is a very different console from the Xbox One and the PS4. And you know, Microsoft still doesn't really have HoloLens out in any consumer format. Um, and the PlayStation VR is in its early stages. I really think that the Switch's hardware is not going to be able to support the, the requirements of VR technology. Um, it's, you, know, you need very high-end graphics. You need a lot of RAM. Um, and processing power to pull that off. And the Switch is designed to give you a compact experience that you can take with you. I don't see that working well. The only way that's going to happen is if they somehow incorporate the tablet device like Samsung and Google do the phones. But again, that's low-end VR, and I doubt that's something Nintendo is going to put a lot into. I think they're going to spend more time on the augmented stuff like the HD Rumble. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I, I feel like they don't need to use VR. Although it, it would be nice, it's just not... Again, it's just not a necessity, and I don't think gamers are going that direction. Um, and I'm not I'm not dissing people who want to. Uh, I, I am wanting to dabble, and I'm curious about it, but I just don't think it's at a point where it's value to me. Um, it's not a thing that we need. There's no value added to the gaming experience definitely. the way they're using it. Yeah, if I can play Resident Evil 7 and still have the same experience, why the hell do I need VR? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I think, think that's that. a good... <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down! <laughs> no, I think we're probably all on the same page there. You know, video games are constantly trying to push the envelope and, you know, explain why the next generation is better. And right now, we're at a point where... The gap between um, the PS3, the Xbox 360 is not as big as you know they, they used to be. Um, right now we've got the Xbox One and the S and the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. And then you have the Project Scorpio that's um, on the way out around holidays, theoretically. theoretically. Um, none of these things do anything amazing. Right, uh, they add some 4K support, but not true video game 4K support. Right. They, you know, they add some better graphics, but you know, if you don't have a 4K TV, like most of the people uh, in the world, um, are you going to notice the difference between a game on the Xbox One and the Xbox One S? You no. know, no so way. What, what do they or the, do? The 3DS and the 3DS XL, like I mean, the, these like micro transaction upgrades that, that most people don't notice or care about. It's true though, you know. Um, there's really minor differences, and they say, you know, oh, well, this, you know, this game like Crash Bandicoot is going to be optimized for the PS4 Pro. Okay, like what is that adding to it? If I put those two next to each other, am I gonna notice a difference? Um, and so they have to come up with something. And what is that? In this case, it's VR. Because VR is something that the old generations of consoles could not do. You know, you could not have put PlayStation VR or HoloLens on the Xbox 360 or the PS3. It would not have worked. But now they can do it. Um, and so that's the big thing for this generation. And, you know, Nintendo's going their own route like they tend to do. And... Um, we're going to see smaller incremental changes between console generations. So this other stuff has to get people coming back for more. But that, well that's said. just my take. Yeah. No, well said, man. No, I agree. <laughs> um, I think, though, that's probably, I mean, do you guys have anything else to add? No. No, no. no. I'm good. I, I think it. you nailed that was, it. That was a good point. All right. Well, then I, we're kind of at our hour mark, so I think this is probably a good time to start closing up shop. Um, Zach, you know, welcome to the party, man. Thanks. Yeah, this is great. Glad you guys had me on. Looking forward um, to more of this. 
Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next week, but the following week will be our Nintendo Switch first impressions. So that'll be exciting. And I do want to say that if you're listening to us, go out to iTunes and drop us a review because we are going to give away a free Steam game to the first person that leaves us a review out there. What? And And if somebody beats you to it, I promise we will hold a contest later down the road to, to do more stuff with this. So go out and leave us a review on iTunes so people can find us. In the meantime, go to heroespodcasts.com or hit us up at Heroes Podcasts uh, on the social media. We are part of the Heroes Podcast Network. And uh, you can also catch our sister show, Screen Heroes, which comes out every Wednesday and records live on Twitch on Tuesday nights. Um Anything else you guys want to add? No, man. I'm, no. I'm stoked. I'm stoked no. for the Switch. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to play <laughs> some games, man. One, two, Switch when it up. When does that come out again, Derek? <laughs> it's next week, Zach. It's next week. <laughs> I don't think we're going to make it. I think we need to freeze ourselves so that the week will <laughs> I, I need to cryogenically freeze myself today so that I am prepared. My body needs to be prepared for the Switch. <laughs> Just don't stay frozen too long. You know, you'll have to deal with deal with the talking otters. And that was for a Nintendo Wii, man. It's such it's so topical. It was. I'm actually doing a whole rewatch of South Park because I've never watched it like straight through. Um, And so I'm in uh, season twelve, season (laughs) twelve right now. So yeah, just watched uh, what is the the oh something boobage the one that's the major boobage with the cat piss that's it yeah it's it's the it's the heavy metal episode and uh, it's spot on like heavy metal is a bad movie but heavy metal 2000 is actually pretty awesome so how are you guys watching this current season because i mean i'm behind on south park but i keep hearing it's awesome now and and i i just don't, don't know how to how to watch it without buying cable the current season was good um because it's very topical on trump and all that fun stuff Right, right. Um, and ads. Fun. But, um, yeah, I, I think they had a little, little, uh, between 15, 14, 15, they were kind of just going downhill and, and they, they picked it back up being really topical this, this most recent season. So it's definitely worth picking up again if you're, if you put it it's down. It's on Hulu. The, yeah. They, they put it all up on Hulu. So I, I've been watching all of it on Hulu. So, oh, okay. I do, I do have Hulu. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, I just thought that was funny that to say since he froze right, himself well, for the Wii. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, totally. It, it, that's awesome. I mean, absolutely one of my favorite episodes is Make Love Not Warcraft. Um, yes. Where it's, you know, it's their WoW characters. It's just so great. So Our um, children are in there. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, many man. people stand to lose their character. <laughs> so many characters. Alright guys, thanks for tuning in. We love your support. Thank you so much. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.